0: This morning we read from Psalm 129, a song of ascents. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back, they made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous, He has cut the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turned backward. Let them be like the grass on the housetops, which withers before it grows up, with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor the binder of sheaves his arms. Nor do those who pass by say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Thank you, David. Good morning. There have been a lot of fires recently, especially in California, and we've been seeing them in Oregon as well. And Fire uh, just consumes the land. In uh, 2008, uh, around Westmont College, which is in Santa Barbara, in the Montecito uh, Hills, uh, Westmont College uh, caught on fire, the college where Keena and I went to. And it started, it was called the Tea Fire because it started in this little tea house up in the mountains and then spread all over the community. And it was a powerful fire. It came onto campus. uh, All the students had to evacuate. And it it consumed several of the buildings uh, there that were damaged and destroyed completely. And Keenan and I went to Westmont a year after the fire, and we saw the damage that took place there. And here's what was amazing as we walked around the campus. You see all the, the tre- it's full of trees, and so a lot of the trees were burned, and again, the buildings. We're walking along the campus, and it's a beautiful campus, and you see all the burn marks and, and all that's left and the ash. And you go down, there's a, there's a little, little white chapel in the middle of campus. And we walked around the, to the chapel, and the chapel was still there. The thing that was amazing about that was as you walked around the chapel, literally, the fire burn came, if this was the front of the chapel, the fire burn came right to here, and then it went right over to the right-hand side around the chapel, burned over here. It went right around to the left-hand side over here, burned all around there, and the chapel stood. The picture of fire, of being consumed is the image I have this morning. It's the image of the burning bush, where the bush is ablaze, but is not consumed. It's a great picture of us as followers of Jesus Christ, a devouring blaze, but powerless to reduce us to ashes. We are not consumed. And we, like the Israelites, ascending to Jerusalem, are still singing, we are still singing our song, glory unto God, even in the middle of the fire, and that he has his protective hand upon us. We are still drawing near to God. I will not change course, even though I've suffered, I've been through many trials, my life is a long obedience in the same direction. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, uh, many of us feel like the blaze is, is all around us. And so, Father, uh, we just ask your hand in the middle of that. We are your children, and because of that, we are not consumed. We are not reduced to ashes. But, Father, we feel the heat, and at the same time, we feel your presence. And so we sing unto you our lament and our cry. And also, our rejoicing that you are good, even in the middle of this. So, Father, minister to us this morning in the middle of the trial. Minister to us as we ascend to Jerusalem, as we draw near to you. In your beautiful name, Amen. Scriptures say in Psalm 129, beginning in verse 1 Greatly they have afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, Greatly. They have afflicted me from my youth, but they have not prevailed. They have not had victory over me. Against Israel, against the Jews, all from the beginning of their heritage, the Egyptians and the Assyrians, the Babylonians, all coming against God's people. In modern times, we saw the Germans trying to destroy God's people. We see today a lot that's taking place with Iran, a country that wants to destroy God's people. All throughout history, they have come against us, Israel is saying. But they have not prevailed. And you know what? They will not. God's hand is upon his people, upon his children. We have had wounds from our youth. And as you look back on your life, there there may have been a lot of wounds from your youth. Family members against you, tragic things that have happened from your youth that have really affected you. And yet, God has walked with you through those. And He continues to walk with you through those. There will not be victory over your life from those wounds of youth. God will continue to lead you, He will guide you, He will comfort you. We are His children. And so this cry out to the Lord, this song unto the Lord, they have afflicted me, but they will not have victory over me. Richard Stearns, who is the president of World Vision, he went to Haiti a year after that uh, terrible earthquake in 2010. And he went into camp and there was thousands of people displaced, homeless in this campsite. And right in the middle was a tent, with a white tarp, and it was duct tape. The, the tarp was duct taped to the poles. That was the church. And so he walked into the church, and in the front row of the church, there were ten amputees who had lost limbs of, of all different sorts. They ranged from age six to sixty. And he walked into this tent in the middle of this despair. And with these people in Haiti after a horrific earthquake, and in the middle of that, they were clapping, and they were smiling, and they were singing song after song unto the Lord. And they were glorifying Him. Not only glorifying Him, thanking God for His life upon their life, in their life. Thanking God that they had life because of Him. And they were singing more and more, and it got louder and louder, and there was no one who was singing louder than Demosi Lofine. She was 32 years old. She was a single mother, and in that earthquake, she lost everything. And in that earthquake, she was in a building, and the building collapsed. And her right arm was crushed, and her left leg was crushed, And four days later, they had to amputate both. She was the one leading the choir. She was the one who was leading the prayers. She was standing on her prosthesis and with her one arm, praising God. And so Richard Stearns went and met with Demosi and he said, what is it that is going on in your life? And everything was lost. Demosi had had a really hard childhood. She was Raised in poverty and didn't have a lot and faced a lot of trials as a child. And now at 32, faced even more difficult trials. She had two children, ages 8 and 10. She said, you know, I give thanks to God because I am alive. And I give thanks to God because I continue, I'm able to continue to love my children. And I will, with whatever days I have left, continue to give praise to my Lord. I've been afflicted from my youth, but not destroyed. I will not be crushed. Many afflictions, yet they will not prevail against me. How beautiful to remember as we think through the Scriptures and as we think through life in Christ, every affliction has its deliverance. And even ultimately, someday, that deliverance may mean eternity with God. But our God is one who delivers There's always been a yet in the Scriptures. Many are the afflictions, yet they will not have victory over me. Why? Because my God loves me and I'm His child. doesn't mean I'm not going to go through it. It doesn't mean I'm not suffering presently. But our God is a God who delivers. And He walks with us in the affliction. Isaiah 49, 13 says this, Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt all earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing, for the Lord has comforted his people, and he will have compassion on his afflicted. But Zion says this, and you know what? You and I say this in the middle of our affliction. The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. We'll hear God's word to you and to me when we cry out, the Lord's forsaken me. Can a woman forget her nursing child? And the answer to that is absolutely not. That she would have no compassion on the son of her womb. Even though you may forget, I will never forget. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. F.B. Meyer says, We will therefore not dwell on our afflictions, but on the revelation of, which each has given of the strong and tender care of God. Each of us has been a dark lantern in which, when opened, we discover that His light was burning. You see, the power of God will not be defeated by the enemy, by life's circumstance. Our God will not be defeated. We are His children. Don't ever forget that. Psalm 129 goes on to say, Plowmen have plowed my back. They've made their furrows long, but the Lord is righteous. He has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. Plowmen have plowed my back. They've scourged scourged my back. I got the imagery of Christ being flogged, and as it, tore into his skin and created furrows on his back. Oh, we think that he has not suffered. We suffer with Christ. And yet God is present. And God is our deliverer. The imagery here is of the farmer. He's hooking up his oxen. And he's hooking up the plow and he's tied it together. The plow has the incredible... Blades of metal that that dig through the ground and till it up and create the furrows in the ground so that you can plant your crop. And he says, they plow my back. The suffering that goes through. The farmer, the enemy, leads the oxen from up front as he's the one who leads the digging on the back. And the oxen pulls hard and it rips into the soil, into our back the Israelites cry out. You feel like that sometimes in life, don't you? The enemy, just the destruction, this, this flesh of ours, life is, is painful and full of affliction. And we feel those furrows being made in our back. But the Lord is righteous. That beautiful statement of truth of our God, He is a God who is just, and He is a God who is good. Righteousness brought up in the Scriptures, all throughout the Scriptures. For the Lord is righteous, Psalm 11 says, the upright will behold His face. And here's what the Israelites are saying. They've faced many afflictions. They've gone through all kinds of pain and suffering and trial. And the enemies come against them. And, and even some of it come from their own sin. And then the flesh and the world around us, we're going through afflictions, yet we're still... Ascending, we're still drawing near to God, we are going up to Jerusalem. And we are singing these songs unto the Lord, praising Him for who He is, even in the middle of the trial and the affliction. Here's the key. But He has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. Christ has broken our chains. Jesus quotes Isaiah 61 and He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set the oppressed free. The afflicted free. Free from sin and death. Free from the oppressor. From the enemy. And so Jesus says, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. That's who our God is. You see, they put Jesus on the cross and they bound him and they nailed those incredible nails into his hands and to his feet. You see, they thought they could kill Jesus. And it was all done in vain because Jesus not only died, but he rose again. And he rose and he conquered over sin and death. He conquered over Satan as he came out of the grave. And he mounts victorious, rising and seated at the right hand of the Father. And here's the truth about you and I, dear brothers and sisters. And we too rise with him because we are his children and we are set free. Our Christ suffered. So shall we. Our Christ has set us free our Christ has rose again, and so shall we. They thought they could put him down and kill him, that his presence would be done. But we have the resurrection power of Jesus Christ because of all he did for us on the cross, and as he rose again. A beautiful daughter of missionaries who were ministering in in Congo, in Africa, She went to celebrate. There was a hundred years of missionaries coming to that land. And they went to have a great celebration. And there was an old, old saint in that land. And he kept saying, I need to speak. There was all kinds of speeches about everything that had taken place in this tribe. And he said, I need to speak because if I do not speak, what I know will go to my grave. But you need to know why this tribe has come to know Jesus. He said, well, the missionaries came initially. We thought they were dubious. We thought they were evil. We didn't want anything to do with them. And so the elders of the tribe decided that we would poison their food and kill them. And so they poisoned the food of the missionaries and of their children. And they would die one by one, and they had no idea what was going on with their bodies, but they died. And he said the missionaries, as they arrived and as the children died and the, the parents died, he said this, it was as we watched how they died that we decided we wanted to live as Christians. Those who died, they died painful deaths and strange death and they never knew why they were dying Or what the impact of their lives or deaths would be. But through it all, those missionaries did not leave. They kept coming back. And they stayed because they trusted in Jesus Christ, their Savior. They thought they could kill Jesus. But he rose again. And he gave life to all those members in the Congo. Oh, they've afflicted me. Oh, they've tried to put me down. Oh, they've dug furrows in my back. But we will not be defeated. You see, Christ has loosened my chains, and He loosed the chains, and He cut the cords. You see, the enemy is walking with his oxen, thinking that he's digging into our back, and yet the cords that hold the plow have been cut. Our Christ has defeated the enemy. Our Christ has given us freedom over oppression, deliverance in that. But thanks be to God. Do you see the flow of this passage? I have been afflicted, yet, but I will not be destroyed. I have incredible furrows in my back, but Christ has cut the chains. Do you see how the Lord works in our lives? We don't escape the affliction. We don't escape hardship. But Christ delivers us from it. And maybe ultimately someday that just means heaven for us. But we will be victorious. We will have life. And while we're here on this planet, like those in Haiti, even though we're in the middle of our affliction, with our one good hand, we're going to still give praise to God. And so the Israelites in Psalm 129, as they're ascending, as they're drawing close to Jesus, really, as they're drawing close to God, are singing this song unto Him. May all who hate Zion be turned back. Look at how the psalm finishes up. Verse 5. May all who hate Zion be turned back in shame. May they be like grass on the roof, which withers before it can grow. With it, the reaper cannot fill his hands, nor the one who gathers fill his arms. May those who pass by not say, the blessing of the Lord be on you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Basically saying, that's just silly. The enemy, you who scoff, you who mock God. Shame be upon you. Let them be confounded. The idea of the imperative may be that... They shall be confounded. They will be covered with shame. It will go against them as they mock God, who is the one who is the deliverer, who is the one who gives life. Don't pretend by giving us some fleeting blessing. Shame upon you. Sennacherib, who was the king of Assyria in in Isaiah 37, he's trying to go against Israel and he's going to take them out of the picture. Hezekiah is the king at the time and he's listening to the Lord and here's what the word of the Lord says to them in Isaiah 37. Therefore their inhabitants became short of strength. All the Assyrians, they couldn't even fight anymore. They were dismayed. They were put to shame. They were as vegetation of the field and as a green herb, as grass on the housetops is scorched before it has even grown up. You see, the imagery that, that is being played out here is that there is, in, the, in, in Israel and in the land, the housetops were flat. Some people would put a, a layer of dirt on top just for insulation. Some were just made of, of clay, and so what would happen is grass would come up, but as soon as the hot sun hit, it would scorch it. It, would, it wouldn't produce anything. You see, the enemy thinks... That it's coming and it's attacking, and the world thinks that it's coming and it's attacking, and that they can harvest that grass off the rooftop. It's like, oh, what foolishness. You enemy have no control over me. Because God is my God, and He has delivered me from this affliction. Shame on to you, who mock our God. There is no reaping. There's no gathering of that. Our God is righteous enemy. You have no control over us. He has cut the cord. And we have life because of Him. See, our God is the God of Elijah. Remember all the Baal prophets mocking God, Yahweh. And so there's a great challenge on Mount Carmel. And they mock Elijah and they mock God. The Baal prophets do. And yet God with fire comes down and he consumes the bull and he consumes the liquid and there's nothing left. And then the Baal prophets are taken and destroyed. Oh, don't think that you have enemy, you enemy have victory over us. Our God delivers. Our God is Yahweh, I am. And we are his children. And though, although we face much affliction and many trials. We will continue to praise our God. Don't throw out, as you're walking by us, we're walking to Jerusalem, and you're walking by us saying some sort of blessing upon you, as though your silver tongue is going to all of a sudden reconcile everything that you have mocked against God. And you would never say blessings upon you when you can't even reap all of that. It's shameful. It's shameful. Basically, enemy, you're going to be destroyed. And we let God do what he wants with you. But don't mock our God. We keep running the race. We keep singing the song. Even in the middle of our trial, our lament song goes unto God, and he hears our voice. I want to read again 2 Corinthians 4, what we started out with in the beginning. I want this to stick in your hearts because it's true. We have this treasure, Christ, in jars of clay to show that this surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way. Woe to us if we think we get away with no affliction. But we are not crushed. We're perplexed. We don't get it all. It doesn't seem to work. But we're not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. We always carry in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. Why? So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe, and so I spoke, we believe And so we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus, here's the promise, he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus, and he will bring us with you into his presence. Oh, for that day. It is for your sake this beautiful grace extends more and more people. It may increase with thanksgiving to the glory of God. So that we do not... Lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. There's affliction and it's coming upon me, but God has cut the cords and given me freedom. There is pain and there's trial on those furrows in my back. But God will not allow them to have victory over me. Our outer self is wasting away, but we are being renewed day by day. This light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Amen and amen. And so we keep drawing to Jerusalem. Drawing near to God. Running a race in such a way as to win the prize and hearing the voice of God at the finish line. I want to share a little video with you. He has backed. He has run. And He shows us. He shows us all up, ladies and gentlemen. He shows us what is possible when you get together. And you've got soul, and you've got determination, and you're going to make it to the finish line, Billy Matthew, you are going to make it to the finish line, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the one and only, the inspirational, Billy Matthew, we can do this, Billy, we welcome Billy Matthew, he's going to make it all the way down to the finish line, Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Matthew makes it to the finish line. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Billy Matthew. Billy got involved in a triathlon. He had cerebral palsy. And as he's finishing this race, and he's using that walker-runner to help him get there, he hears the crowd, and he hears the announcer. And I don't know if you can hear clearly, but the announcer's saying, Bailey Matthews, you are going to finish this race. Bailey Matthews, you are going to make it. You are going to finish this race. He says it several times. And Bailey, full of life and excited to finish the race, what does he do? He cuts the cords. The cords are cut. He's like, heck, I am running. He can't. his His legs are weak. He has cerebral palsy. And he falls down. And he gets up again. Afflicted. Yet not overcome. And he falls down furrows in my back but I will rise up again and I will finish this race and I hear the voice of the one saying you will finish this race ladies and gentlemen into heaven Bailey Matthews hear him calling your name you are going to finish this race I know for some of you right now It seems nearly impossible. I know you feel like you keep falling down like that. But you will finish the race because of our Christ resurrected again who has raised us up with him. The enemy, this brutal life that we live, will not have victory over us because we have victory together with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, you are righteous, and you are good. And even in the middle of our lament and our trials and our affliction, may we continue to draw near to you. Father, we love you, and we thank you that you walk with us, that you lift us up, that you pick us back up when we fall. We thank you that you're our joy in the middle of the trial. And Father, I just pray your hand upon those right now that are feeling overwhelmed and afflicted. Would you comfort them? Would your presence pour out upon them? Would they receive their life from you and you alone? Restore them, Father. Renew them. We love you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen.